Hey, 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 how, how does the page turn? How, how does the page turn? That is what I would like to know. Topical for today's subject of books. Oh my word, are we talking about books in general? Because we've done that before. Um, no, okay, we're doing a book review, aren't we? We're doing book reviews. Yeah, we are, we are. Love you, goodbye, goodbye, excitement and suspense. We are reviewing some books. We're reviewing some books, one each really. So it's not like some books, it's like I'm reviewing a book, you're reviewing a book. A book. A book. I love how you held that up for this audio medium. Yes, I'm holding up my book for the audience at home so that Luke can see it. So what's your book? My book is a book by Ellery Lloyd and it is called People Like Her. Ooh. So it's written by, my understanding, it's a husband and wife duo and they both write it and it's written from like two perspectives. No, three perspectives. Great start. Is the book written from a husband and wife or is it about a husband and wife writing a book? That's the interesting thing. So it's written by a husband and wife and the characters in it, it's from three perspectives. There's Dan, Emmy, who are husband and wife and a third person that you don't find out about. Yeah, like there's no, you don't know who it is. It's like a mystery. Anyway, do you want me to just quickly read you the blurb before we get into like review reviews? Yes, read me the blurb. Okay, so people like her. People like Emmy Jackson. Oh, People like Emmy Jackson. They always have, especially online, where she is Instagram sensation mama bear, famous for telling the unvarnished truth about modern parenthood. But Emmy isn't as honest as she'd like to the fans to believe. She may think she has her followers fooled, but someone out there knows the truth and plans to make her pay. Okay, so it's kind of like a like a murder mystery. Kinda. Kinda, but not at all. Because there's like, I don't want to go into two spoilers, but it's not like a murder mystery it's just like a mystery there's someone that is watching this insta mom and we don't know like stalking yes you find out as it goes on kind of what is going on if that makes sense okay so it's kind of like a creepy like a creepy yeah creepy creep creep creeper creeping creepy creeping is it written from the perspective of the creeping well that's the thing so it's like you know how in Thursday Murder Club you'll have like different people's perspectives and then you'll have like Joyce so it's a similar kind of thing so each chapter is written by different perspectives so one chapter for example chapter four is written by the unknown person that is very much trying to get Emmy in trouble and then you'll have one chapter that's written by Dan who is the husband and one chapter that will be written by Emmy who is obviously the mum, the insta mum. And it's interesting how they write because obviously between the husband and wife dynamic especially, there's a lot of conflicting views of things. Oh, so it's like, does he not believe her? No, he... Well, here's the thing. It's not just her that's getting in trouble. It's not just her that's like... It's basically there is a series of like little things that start happening. So like they have a break-in where a computer goes missing and essentially all the pictures that she takes, because obviously she's an influencer, she's an Insta mom. This is what her brand is. Do you know what I mean? It looks a lot into... Her brand is stealing. Well, no, her brand... So her brand is kind of like talking about the struggles of motherhood and being very much a loving, caring person and responding to every single follower and the whole you do you you know mumhood is a struggle and it is I'm not saying it isn't but obviously the thing is 
it kind of looks at the relationship between followers and influencers. So at the end of the day, yes, she might be an Insta mom, but she's still an Insta mom. And what that all entails, obviously, she's putting pictures of her four-year-old online. It's kind of, it kind of looks at the... Um, Moral implications? Yeah, of what we, I think, especially people our generation have seen a lot of, like with the Insta families and, you know, the YouTube channels that kind of document the family life. And it's like, it kind of talks deeply about the line between what actually is real and what is kind of just like what what actually is going on under the surface. Does that make sense? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So is she getting like followed by one of her followers? We don't. Oh, that's a spoiler, I'm guessing. That's a spoiler. That's definitely a spoiler. But it is one of those where it's like things start happening, a break-in happens, a laptop goes missing, an account pops up that starts posting pictures that is claiming to be like a roleplay account, but they're taking pictures of their youngest daughter, their four-year-old, and putting them up pretending that pictures of their daughter, Coco, is actually this girl called Rosie, who's very ill and all this kind of... So it's kind of like the fight of who is it, what can be done, where is going on. It's a very, I'd say, quite poignant look into online and Instagram and what we know as these influencer parents and stuff. And the funny thing I found about it is the fact that there's a lot of situations where, especially written from Dan's perspective, because he's quite like a realist, you know, he's he's not He's a bit of a like. He seems to be a bit of a pessimist, and he looks at things in a certain negative light. But how they write certain characters is very interesting. <laughs> so I've got a little bit here just to kind of sum up what's happening. Dan and Emmy have been fighting about what to do for their daughter Coco's fourth birthday. Right? Dan wants a very much traditional. I think we'd say a UK kid's birthday. We all go around the pub. The kids get hyper on sweets, and the adults have a little drink. And that. Who's taking a four-year-old to a pub for a birthday party? Anyway, in the 90s, it was a thing. So basically, he wants a nice, chill, wacky warehouse fun 90s birthday for his daughter, right? That's what he wants. She, obviously, Emmy, is going to be hosting a Insta party. It turns from it being a party about Coco's birthday to obviously an Insta party where it's about followers and everything's, like, you know, scheduled and there's a certain list. And they write a little bit about the gang that Emmy has. So Emmy has a... They are called friends. They're called friends, but really what they are is the people that comment on each other's Insta stuff first and give them the boost and all that with the algorithm. But you can actually hear these people. You can see these people. If you've been on Instagram, if you've been on social media walking around and having a scroll especially if you've been on like parent things and you probably know or have seen these people or at least heard of these types of people Emmy's closest rival on 600,000 followers Insta handle Boob and the Gang The Look Blonde Bob White Slogan T-shirt Dungarees Red Lipstick Gimmick Formerly a professional doula Posts about Leaky booze Chafe nipples And the endless ups and downs Of her relationship With her husband Miles Often accompanied by Black and white wedding shots Of them both Children Four Special issue Breastfeeding in public To promote greater acceptance Of which she organises Mass feed-ins In places where women While breastfeeding Have been asked to cover up Pubs, restaurants Want a major department store and then we have Bella Williams, aka the Mum Power, the Mum Powerment Coat, the oldest of the inner circle, and a part-time headhunter with a full-time live-in nanny, is the one I least dread getting stuck in conversation with. This isn't saying much. Single, Ismail, the father of her child, Rumi, is a Turkish painter who I think is now back in Turkey. I've never been quite sure whether he is a painter of, say, portraits and landscapes or of walls and fences. Apparently I did meet him once. 
Bella runs networking events for working mums and charges through the nose for them. Insta issue? Imposter syndrome. Or to be more specific, mumposter syndrome. A term I'm pretty sure she invented. Something about always feeling like you're about to be exposed as a terrible mother and a useless employee. A fraud both at home and work. Bella is evidently not big on irony. Next up, we have the Hackney mum, Sarah Clark. Interests, interior design. Also into shop selling macrame hanging baskets. Macrame. Macrame hanging baskets and chunky jewellery and paintings of people in old-fashioned clothes but with animal heads. Talks a lot about the two or three months she once spent living on a canal boat. Children, Azodel. Xanthi and Casper, who all have exactly the same haircut, despite one of them being a boy. Fun fact, knows the mum's powerment coach from Cheltenham's Ladies College issue. She thinks we should all be talking more about maternal incontinence. I suspect by the time she got around trying to identify a maternal taboo, bus to good ones had already been taken. Last and not quite least, what mama wore Susie Well. Distinguishing features, seems to be wearing a different pair of colourful glasses every time you see her, otherwise it's exclusively vintage 1950s dresses. I'd meet Susie Well at least ten times before she deigned to acknowledge we'd ever been introduced. At least twenty before she remembered what my name was. I, I can literally, from what you have said, I can sense these people. You can see them, you know them, you've seen them online. We know these people from just scrolling. I wouldn't have to ever... I don't think I've ever actually seen these Instagram accounts, but I can I can figure them out immediately from those descriptions. You can picture them. Yeah, so I finished it the other day, this book. I finished it. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't properly get pulled into it until that quote that I started reading you just then, until the descriptions of the Insta mums and Emmy's clique that she has. The thing I really like about it is the fact that it's really fast-paced. So obviously the chapters aren't majorly long and it just keeps you gripped and you want to know what's going to be happening what is happening and i think it's quite an interesting look at online influencer stardom and all this kind of thing that actually sounds like a really cool book i think we're gonna have to borrow that what's it called again people people like her by ellery lloyd there were certain bits there was a moment i can't go into it because it's spoilers i can't say anything about it because it's spoilers i don't want to spoil this for anyone that is listening because it is towards like the end as well but there was a moment where i was reading and I hadn't be I had been reading for about about an hour maybe. I was like, I'm gonna do my daily reading, blah blah blah. And I was reading and it got to this part where like I said I'm not gonna go into it, but I literally just read it, read that paragraph again to make sure I'd read what I'd just read and just went no, no, and put the book down. I had to walk away. It was a bit heartbreaking in this particular. It's one of those books that I think deals with really dark things. The world, especially motherhood. It does look especially at like motherhood and online Insta mums and all that, obviously. But it kind of deals with really dark, certain dark subjects without ever feeling like it's actually getting too much, if that makes sense. But that part, no. Yes, that makes sense. For me, I just had to go, yeah, no. And just leave it for a bit and go back to it later. So yeah, be warned. There is a point in this book where you might be like, "Uh, no, I need a break. And that's fine. Just make sure you go back to it. But it is a very, very, very good book. Very, very good book. We'll give it a solid five out of five, to be honest. Five out of five, that's a high score. Very good. I I can't say anything bad about it. I mean, obviously, if I read it again, I'd probably find something. You always find something. Are you you a big book rereader? No, I try not to because it's never, it's never the same the second time. Yeah, I'm not. 
So I remember books really well in the sense of as soon as I start rereading them, I remember everything about them. The only book I've ever reread was probably The Song of Achilles. I mean, even then I reread it quickly because I knew exactly what happened. Not that Greek mythology is particularly new. Well, my book review... Your book review. My book review, Diary of Pelly D... The blue book. The blue book that is famous now for the nostalgia. That is famous now, nostalgia dive for that. Diary of Pelly D, a book I started reading when I was 13, put it down, only just started reading it again. A quite few years later. Yes, just a, just a few. It's obviously aimed at the younger audience, but basically, I finished it. I know what happens now. It's no longer pure speculation like it was last episode. You actually have a story now. I actually know what happens. Okay, settle in. I'm set. I'm settling. How it starts. You get the start of it. Uh, this guy, he's digging up a plaza, you know, as in like a stone plaza. He's part of like a demolition crew, all of this stuff. He comes across a empty water canister with a buck inside of it. He's meant to throw it away because that's the law. No books allowed. No, well, they're not allowed to keep anything they find. So that books aren't allowed. It's that it's rubbish, so throw it away. Kind of Fahrenheit vibes, in a way. F- Fahrenheit 458. I couldn't remember all the numbers. 4714. Four, 458, I think. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit 458. Is that it? Is it 458? I thought it was 7. Or 451? 451, 4, 5, yeah. 451. Four, we all knew it started with a 4. I knew it was 45-something. Anyway, so he finds his pa- diary. He's meant to throw it away. He decides to keep it um, just because he's curious. So he finishes his day digging and everything. And he starts reading the diary. And the diary is set from this other person's perspective. Obviously, it's her diary. And she's really well off. She's rich. She's got like a 12-bedroom flat. She's got a pool. She's like... Thriving. Never had a problem. Her dad is really high up in like companies and stuff. Stuff. Her mum makes pottery. <laughs> Got like a little sister. You know, there is nothing wrong with her life. Her life literally is perfect, yeah. if anything. So, and then he's reading this diary as he's doing his like day-to-day job of digging things up. And by the way, they have gills. I feel like that should go in there somewhere. So yeah, basically people left Earth. They landed on this planet where this is set. They evolved to have gills. So water is really important to them. They have like water breaks and they swim a lot and they can survive without. Some people don't develop gills, so it's clearly like a evolution thing. It's, it really isn't that intrinsical to the plot, but occasionally it comes up that they have gills. Anyway, he's reading this diary and it's telling a story of everything that happens. Basically, she goes from being really well off and then this new system comes in in which people are getting like their DNA tested and they're getting like stamps or tattoos on the back of the half pan based on what their DNA says. It's like three different families. These really rich people decide they would do it because they're all part of like the really fancy family. So it's meant to be just kind of like, oh, you know, just make sure everyone's going to the correct roles for what they're best at. One family's really good at being like great at things. One family's really creative, all of this stuff, you know. We're trying to help you kind of situation. So it starts off really like, my life's perfect and everything. And then the stamps come in and she's like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. Why does it matter what stamp I have on my hand? Whatever. So... It gets enforced. It becomes like, law, you have to have it done. We all knew that was going to happen. So it goes from like the guy digging the plaza is in a dystopian lifestyle, having to dig up a plaza at the age of 12, to the rich person is now, you know, having a terrible time. Either way, dystopia is dystopia for everybody. What happens is she finds out she's of the lower caste family. She gets stamped and her family find out, not her dad, her dad's part of the higher caste family, but her mum's gene... So if you've got a red stamp, you're part of the highest class family. I can't remember what they're called. It's something with an A. And then they all get a green stamp on their hand. Her, her mom, and her sister. It's meant to be... Her dad's like, oh, it doesn't mean anything, but also don't sit near me. Yikes. 
really great parenting. Like literally, oh, a stamp. Basically, that's how it goes. A lot of them have to start like wearing longer sleeves and gloves and hiding the stamp on their hand and all of that stuff. And then it kind of turns out it's like, oh, we're just reorganizing the city. So you guys are gonna have to move out to this really bad district. By the way, you only have a flat with two bedrooms because your dad pulled loads of strings. Anyone of this green stamp family, there's like six in a one bedroom flat situation. So basically it goes back to like Victorian England where there was just families upon families and like one bedroom houses and... Basically, yeah. So that's what happens. And then obviously the people that are getting oppressed and everything, they start doing protests and then they're being blamed and there's all this propaganda about, you know, they started all these fights, we're trying to make it peaceful and all this stuff. The guy's still like reading this in a diary format. So she's still going, oh, I couldn't take all my cute new outfits and whatever at the start. And then she's, wow, I really wish we had water. (laughs) Just juxtaposition of it. You see this crazy descent of her biggest problem being what boys are cute and, you know, what she's going to wear to school and whatever, to stamps are stupid, to how am I going to pack all my really nice outfits, I'm only allowed to take one bag with me, to we can't survive on the water rations we're being given. So yeah, so it's a really cool descent from that, because you think that the dystopian is the digger's side, and then it switches, essentially, which I really liked, and it's unveiling and everything, and then more and more happens, and you start hearing about this war, so you don't really figure out what this is. I'm just going to tell the whole plot. Spoilers. Spoilers for this how old book? Maybe 99. Maybe 2013? I don't want to give spoilers, but, like, this book is pretty modernish. It's not modern if I read it at 13. I would say it can't be mo- It can't be 2013 if you read it at 13. Maybe it did come out in 2013. I read it when I was older. I don't know. I read it ages ago. Whatever, it's quite an old book, though. An old book. I'm not bothered by spoilers. So yeah, they're living out of this flat, and slowly but surely, water rations are being depleted, and they're not being allowed to go to school anymore kind of situation, all this stuff, because they're, like, problematic citizens. They're not allowed out. They're being, like, cordoned off, all of this stuff. And then she meets someone at school that was uncool previously. Turns out he's been living out of barracks because, like, his parents no longer exist. I don't know if they didn't exist before and it didn't matter because he wasn't green stamped. But anyway, he goes to live with Pelly, And then it kind of unveils. At one, it gets to the point of we're going to try escape and the diary ends. So we don't know. Yeah, so the diary just kind of ends there and it's kind of unveiled throughout. It's like what happened in the war? What happened to those people? He knows that people weren't poisoned back then, but he knows that from the future times. And it kind of seems from Pelly's perspective that they were being poisoned. And then none of that family is around at all in the time you realize that he's reading this diary like 10, 20, 30, 50 years in the future, essentially, from what it is. Because you think that like it's of the same time period. Not that it's actually him. Yeah, well, you think it's like a bit different, maybe like five years or whatever. Yeah, but not such a vast difference where it's like generational. So it's a really cool book. And it is, it's definitely like a, you don't think it's going to go that dystopian. Did we just never find out what happened to... No, you never find out what happens to her. No. Don't like that. Really cool. What Did she die? She probably died. Well, considering none of those family exist anymore. Yeah, she probably died. Sounds cool, though. It is really cool. And there's like these really cool side characters. Her brother leaves early on to go join like the Peace Corps kind of situation, goes into the water and swims away. Well, he swims onto a boat. Just like, bye. There's this old woman on the plaza as well, who always sits by trees that Pelly writes about a lot. 
there's all these little cool side characters and she oh my gosh so she ends up disappearing one day okay yeah she goes to this hospital so Pelly goes and investigates her if she doesn't know anything about it because you know why would you as a child you wouldn't know these things you know, she tries to find out what happens but then she can't get any information because they see the stamp on her hand and then it's kind of implied that that old woman is no longer around because she went there like, they get rid of people there. It's kind of like a, a disappearing place that people go. Yeah. So it's definitely... I think I you wouldn't pick up on these things as a child, maybe. But, like, reading it as an adult, it's really kind of... It's like a light dystopian. It sounds like, like a bit, like, 1984-esque. Yeah. People just not existing all of a sudden. Like, every trace of them just being, like, white. Basically, like, I think it could have been written in such a creepier way if it wasn't meant to be a kid's book. For younger adults. But yeah, that's the book I was reading, Diary of Pally D. Spoilers are now over. Spoilers are over because you literally know the whole book now. What more do you need? You know the whole book. But... In my opinion, if a spoiler ruins a story, it's not a good story. If you can't enjoy something, know how it ends, that's not a good story. You don't want the story, you want the twist. Okay, I kind of see where you're coming from with that. I am weird because it's like, I don't like spoilers for anything, books, films, telly. Someone gives me a spoiler and it's instantly just like, oh, I'm done. I'm the opposite. Someone gives me a spoiler, I'm like, I need to know how we got to the, how we get to there. But you see, that's the thing. I like to experience things naturally as it just happens. I can't focus if I'm too busy thinking about what's going to happen. That's the point you meant to be focusing on the story. Yeah, but I'm, I can't focus on the story if I'm like, but what's going to happen? But you're going to find out what's going to happen. I often read the back of a book first. <laughs> that is just the worst book etiquette. Etiquette, I, I, I know. Like, I don't understand that. That is something I, I don't, I don't get it. I know there's people that do it. They literally get to the back of the book and they read the end of the book before they read the rest of the book. And it just disgusts me. <laughs> it's rough. It's great. It's really cool because then it's like, okay, well, how are we going to end there? Let's find out. But defeats the point. There's a reason, right, that these writers write these things in this way so that you experience the story from beginning to end. Uh, I'd just like to say nobody's fun is wrong. If you have, if you find a story more joyful by reading the back and then starting again and seeing how you get there, that's not wrong. There's no correct way to read a book except for making sure you read the words. The the kind of is like, you know, you read it from page one and then you go on to page two, page three, and then you progressively just keep going until the book is finished. That's how, from my understanding, you're meant to read a book. Yeah. After you've read the back bit first. No. No, there's no reason to be like, oh, the blah, 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 blah. Let's find out what's going to happen now when you've already ruined the book for yourself. You've ruined the ending. It's not ruined. If a book's ruined because you found out the last sentence is a bad book, it's a bad story. No, I'm not saying the last sentence. I'm saying the last part of the book. You shouldn't be reading the end of the book because there's a reason. You read the rest of it because then that's how you get there. What's the point of knowing the end and then going back and finding out how you got there especially when a book doesn't have a twist because not every book has a twist no it doesn't have to have a twist it could end with and then they walked into the sunset i'm like okay well we need to find out what was happening before this sunset it's just how i enjoy reading books which is fine but i don't understand (laughs) i'm not gonna lie (laughs) well no right okay okay I'm, i'm trying to like so take it this way right um historical fiction have you ever read any historical fiction 
Eh, a little bit. It's not major league. But you know what happens. I, I know what you're going to say because, yes, you know what happens. But it, Have you read the blurb of a book before? Yeah. Then you know what happens. But you don't know what happens. You don't know everything that happens. You don't know the story from the blurb. Exactly. You don't know what ha- You don't know everything that happens at reading the end of the book. But reading the end of the book is like putting varnish on a painting before you even put down the primer. Putting varnish on a painting before doing the primer is like writing words before the paper's put there. Reading the back of a book before reading the rest of it is like doing the forefront of a painting before doing the background of a painting. Yeah, which is, just doesn't make sense because it's just going to end up a muddy, muddy blur of colours. Do you have, do you have though, uh, your next book that you're going to read? I am currently reading Into the Miso Soup. So far, very dark. Um, it's about... A guy called Kenji I think it's set in Japan Like back in the 80s, 90s Like a couple of decades back But basically it's about a guy called Kenji Who offers his services out As a tour guide of Tokyo's nightlife A.K.A. the sex working industry And he gets hired by this American tourist Called Frank It <laughs> There's something not right with Frank Well maybe we'll find out about What's going on in that book Mm-mm, I don't know if I can talk about this book On our podcast That book we may never find out more about But if you're interested Because our podcast is a wholesome podcast Google it Or something it if non-brand specific searching Yeah go into a search engine And type in into the miso soup Or don't Or don't We can't tell you what to do we could try, but no one can tell you what to do. That's crazy about life. You do what you want. Do what you want. Throw spaghetti at the wall. See what sticks. Be a pinata of life. The fast meat trash. Whoa, I gotta play D&D soon. So this has been the episode. This has been the episode. I've been Luke. That's been Shannon. We like books. I've been Shannon. We like books. And I finally read the blue book from the Nostalgia one. Go check out the Caffeine Adult Mind's Instagram for stuff and updates. Check out the Caffeine Adult Mind YouTube for animation. Subscribe, share, all of that stuff. We've got episodes coming out every other week on a Monday. Yes, on a Monday every other week. And we've got... It's weird how that's only just been put in. I know, right? And we literally have so many lined up as well. We've already done so many, but we've only just decided to actually tell people when our episode's coming out. Do you get a podcast? By a couple of idiots, I think. <laughs> yep, we're never going to get this. Part of the charm. Part of the charm. The longer you listen, the more chaotic every episode. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>